Oh man. Well, I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, I had a fun, exciting night. I think I mentioned some of it on the discord. I got to go and take um, some friends of mine, a couple of listeners to the show to one of my favorite movies, which was playing in the theaters. And none of the three of them had ever seen this movie, nor did they know what to expect. And it's truly a wild movie. Uh, it, it is 1980s classic uh, basket case and never heard of it. Oh my God. It is incredible. <laughs> it is uh, Charlie. You've seen it, right? I've, I've seen, uh, I want to say a big chunk of it okay. and uh, it just was not for me. I, it is so I see. I really like it, but I have to say seeing it in a theater with a bunch of people really, it, it's a movie that's made to be seen in a crowd. And I actually think that most movies like before, maybe the 2010s a lot of movies were made to be seen in theaters definitely like 70s 80s you know 90s movies just because you feed off of the reaction of the other people it's one of the funniest just most absurd movies uh about uh brothers who are conjoined twins and one of the twins is a little mutant and this ugly little mutant thing and uh, they i'm gonna tldr it but they end up separating involuntarily separating the twins and they go on a killing spree much later in their life to kill all the doctors that I separated have them. Known this motherfucking thing is a horror movie. <laughs> it's, but it's not. It's a comedy, but it's kind of gross, and it's got a, a stabby little mutant guy um, <laughs> named uh, Bilal, uh, who is just. I mean, it's absurd. It's and so. The I mean, they were turned out to up. be Dalton. His <laughs> <laughs> name is Dwayne. Uh, <laughs> It's not a Dwayne, word, Charlie. Dwayne, not a word. Dwayne and, and uh, Bilal. But Dwayne is the normal brother in the in the in the pair. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was great. It played huge. The three friends that went to go see it with, well, two friends and Christopher went to go see it. Uh, loved it. They were you know, Christopher's well, just friends now. Jesus Christ! No, come on, what's going um, on in that house? Well, he didn't he didn't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Um, so. He listens to about as many episodes as Vic does. So, <laughs> but it, it just was like, it had big laughs. It was completely absurd. Everybody had a good time. And all three of them walked out just being like, God, that was fun. And I agree. I really, that was, a, that was, it elevated the movie even more. And I loved it. Um, and now I might have to make them watch part two and part three, which are not nearly as good, but it's a, it's a nice family story. <laughs> so do you have any upcoming plans? That you would like to share with the class? Oh, you're talking about Chicago? Yes. Yeah, I am. I am going to Chicago. Austin is going to use the Patreon money to buy me and Charlie <laughs> tickets to Forbidden Door to fly us to Chicago. <laughs> I, to be fair, did not buy tickets. This was my, my, <laughs> my mother very graciously offered to buy tickets for myself and two of my brothers to go uh, see a show in Chicago. So oh, we're going to go see Forbidden Door, AEW's Forbidden Door for my brother Wilson's birthday. It's kind of like just a, a boy's trip uh, over to Chicago. And yeah, it's cool. They've never been to Chicago. Christopher's coming to, he's never been to Chicago and I haven't been in a very long time. So it'll be like rediscovering that city all over again. So it should be fun. I'll come back with a, with a, with a, um, a report from the field in Chicago. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I did a vandalism this week. Yeah, you did a vandalism, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, so there's these two posts outside of my local Dollar General that I always see. And people have put stickers on there before and like they've just faded over time. And I've always been like, man, I'm going to get a sticker and I'm going to put it on there. And like a long time ago, before any of these podcasts, podcasts existed, 
I, was, I had a pod Van Dam one. I was going to put a pod Van Dam sticker on there. And now that we have our own stickers and our own podcast, I was like, you know what? I think we're going to put our podcast on there. So <laughs> I did that. I put it on there. Uh, I haven't seen if it's still there or not yet, though. So I'm assuming it probably will be. So nobody cares. <laughs> and all of the patrons of this show, which you can become at patreon.com slash if you catch my graft, are getting a nice sticker that you can also do a vandalism with at your local punk bar or at your local Dollar General. Yeah, so I already gave out a bunch to people that were in Cleveland for AIW, and I have to get the mailing list uh, off of Austin this week so that I can go ahead and mail the rest out. So I mean, he hasn't sent you that mailing list Still, yet? I still have not gotten the email with the, ma- with the mailing Christ. list. What, what, do you, what do you mean still? You asked me today for oh, it. Oh, fuck. I asked me, you for dude. it like a week ago, and no. that we were going to try to get me into the thing, and I was like, well, just send me it. Yeah, and then you got yeah you got annoyed. You're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I was at work. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, all, like we were fighting. By with the this way, thing for like- also, but Dalton can easily get this list because he did it for for no I, no fuck I can't. You locked me out of the patron account. Uh, all right, I'll get it for you. I I, I, I to, okay, just to clear my name to not make it sound like I'm controlling the Patreon. I. We'll gladly give access to these two guys, but the fucking the security settings. Yeah, the security settings are a bitch. And like right. we tried the one day and it would not are horrendous. Me, so. And I cannot figure out how to get these two guys in the account. So now I'm the only one who has access. Um but because you, you said like they, if you want to do a multi-person account, they make you like they charge you more. They charge you more. They they, yeah. they want to they they try to push you into a team account because they charge they don't charge they don't charge like a monthly charge, but the percentage of the money that they take out of your earnings is higher, like a uh, lot higher. It's, so I was like, well, we don't. I mean, I don't know. That yeah, don't do that. Fuck that. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. I mean, it's not like we're thrifty to me. <laughs> we're not making fucking chapo money right now, so I'm not I'm really interested in, right. in the team. You guys just trust me and gives a fuck what those nerds got to say i don't know they make a lot of money <laughs> they do make a lot of money <laughs> there's like a it's like a hundred fifty thousand dollars a month <laughs> yeah, make a lot of money yeah so um yeah i think that's my update don you got any other news other than your i mean it's hard to top last week man i talked about eating my cum and fucking all sorts of stuff man there's it's, uh let's just roll into the show Anyway, I am Dalton. I am joined by Austin. Heaven O. And Charlie. You didn't forget. I'm so glad. I was worried <laughs> you're gonna forget Austin. No, that's my new line. I got I got I got two things. I got heaven O and stay beautiful. And Dude, if I the people that have not listened to whatever fucking I don't even remember what episode that was. They're not going to get the joke. They don't get the bit. You look nice, dude. You have a tan. But they're not going to get the joke. That's okay. Here's, here's okay. the thing, man. If last week, we completely forgot to, to put in the opening. I literally had to take the opening from the previous episode <laughs> and cut it to fit the current episode. And I don't think anybody could even tell because of how crazy last week's episode was. I think it was. I think this started the Tammy Faye episode. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. I Which, believe so. Honestly, if you want the origin story behind it, you should go listen to that episode because I think it's, it's one, one of our the best episodes. episodes. Yeah, yeah, it is our best episode. Point blank, period. Until well, this week. <laughs> you goddamn right. We're talking about Sylvia Brown, baby. Yeah. Oof, Sylvia Brown. <laughs> this fucking bitch. <laughs> I, I so will you say, guys know something that you know about her. I don't know anything still. Like I you say she's she's evil, so I'm just like, okay, let's let's uh let's find out here. Uh, my grandma used to watch Montel every day when I came home from school. So I would see this lady at least once a week. Yep. She was on once a week. She was on every Wednesday for a while, which mm-hmm. I actually didn't realize that she was on that often. But anyway, we're going to get into her. And I'm going I'm to put this disclaimer out. I don't pretend to be a impartial narrator on the show, right? <laughs> I have feelings about some of these assholes and I let them go. I- I'm not sure looking back and maybe it's just because it's fresh that there's someone that i've liked less than sylvia brown that we've ever covered on this show we've covered fred phelps uh yeah no that's true they're probably neck and neck um, really yeah because you know I, I i i don't know why fred was a monster but sylvia i just think is so craven and disgusting and just kind of cruel but not physically the way that fred phelps so anyway we'll, we'll talk about it and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna talk kind of like her greatest hits in this episode because i really think that this is like there's a marvel cinematic universe and for if you catch my griff there's gonna be a silver sylvia brown cinematic universe like oh. i think this woman is gonna spawn a lot of like other content because she just interconnects with so many different grifters and people she has got all these other things and we'll, we'll kind of get into that but um i wanted to start off with a clip i got a lot of clips ready for the show so we're going to do something a little different i don't put a ton of clips into the show but i i just think sometimes it's good to hear this nasty woman uh in her own words so I, I picked this clip. One is an intro to her. Didn't actually hear her. Um, but also I think it ties back to the last episode because this is her on that um, Aztec end of the world prophecy, which we talked about a little, quite a bit at the last episode. So here she is. Today, I really want to talk to you about my new book out and I'll show it to you. It's called, it's not out yet. So you're getting a sneak preview. It's called the end of days. And this is the reason why I wrote that is because and my first line is a book in the book is, aren't you tired of being afraid? Um, is because I wanted to assure everybody uh, because we've gotten so many calls at the office and when I'm doing my lectures around the country um, that there people are so afraid of 1212. You know, that's the Aztec calendar. And I just keep telling people they ran out of ink. Um, I do believe what our Lord said that no man, or I guess woman, can tell the end of days. Um, although I do believe the world will sustain itself. I don't believe that we're going to be here after about 95 years. And people get very concerned about that. But it's not going to be some type of horrible uh, monster coming out of the sea and eating you. Um, or tearing your flesh off and throwing people down into a pit of hell. A, a loving God would not do that to anybody. you got to realize that you have to think logically. We either have a loving God or we have a mean, hateful, nasty God. And we don't have a mean, hateful, nasty God. She immediately contradicted herself whenever. Oh, she's, <laughs> she's, yeah. She's so, like, no man and woman knows the end of days, but I think the end of days. But I do. 
Why yeah. does she look like Vigo the Carpathian? Yeah, and she sounds like she smokes about 14 packs a day. She sounds uh, like Connie. She sounds like my, my <laughs> That's why I immediately I started laughing whenever I <laughs> heard her speak. I was like, oh my God. So that's just kind of a, that's a little touch of what oh, it no, is. Who's that? In the movie Beetlejuice, remember they go to their caseworker. Yeah, that's the dead she one reminds me who of smokes the case- out of her head yeah! of her trachea. Yeah, that's what she reminds me of. Holy fuck! So I just kind of want to preface this by saying this horrible woman is kind of a different breed of cat. She, we've talked about psychics before, episode seventeen, Dorothy Allison, right? Yeah, and they overlap a little bit, but Sylvia is like super confident she's quick in her readings there's very few vague like hints you know because like dorothy would be like i see green and a volvo and water because there's always fucking water in dorothy's predictions and then like none it's of that a would safe, make it's sense. a safe guess it's a safe guess there's, ev- there's water everywhere yeah, you just, and you just throw shit out and then none of it makes sense until after the case is solved and then right. people remember the right guesses Sylvia doesn't do that. She's like, this is what's wrong. This is what I'm telling you. You need to fix this and this and this and this. And she's very precise in a lot of her predictions. And they're just kind of terrible. Um, and I, I also think that she's 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 a little cold and she's a little like loveless. But I think that she came through at the right time. Like the, early, the late 90s and early 2000s are when people like Judge Judy was really big. Like we all had a hard on for these like um, these. I can't stand Judge Judy. Oh my God. I love Judge Judy. Stop. Stop. She's so mean. She's so mean. But that's what people loved about her. Right. Yeah, like no, she, that's what I hate. Well, that, so, and like, do you remember the show, The Weakest Link? Ann Robinson, that can't stand that. Can't yeah. stand her. So I put Sylvia. I like Gordon Ramsay too. Oh God, man, Gordon is the man. So no, he fucking sucks. He's so okay. fucking mean. I'm. I'm. Not, I don't want to get mad at you. We just started, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, chicken but- fucking raw. <laughs> it's raw. <laughs> you can't serve raw chicken to people. It's not good. You could kill somebody. He's right. What um, are you? An idiot sandwich. <laughs> So it's amazing. Uh, so mean. So, but I just think that there was something about that time where people were like, we really like these stern matronly women. And then, so they were all over the media. And I think that Sylvia kind of fits into that mold um, nicely. Um, but she's also wrong. A fucking <laughs> lot. <laughs> like she is. It, it's so it's really easy. I think to go back and just look at her predictions and go how awful they were. Uh, and that's really easy to do. So that's what we're going to do because it's fucking funny. And she was wrong a lot about a lot of different things. And there's obviously not enough time in a podcast to cover everything. So we may have some follow-up episodes, but she is, yeah, she's just, she's just, just don't put part two in the tower, right? Off. Just don't put part two in the title. No, <laughs> um, I really appreciate none of you listening to the ancient aliens episode. <laughs> <laughs> so We'll start. We usually start at the beginning, and there's very little that's very interesting about her when she's young. Like she, she grew up in the Midwest. She grew up in Kansas, and she, it's just like a normal childhood. She says that she comes from a long line of psychics. They all say that. Like this is like their thing. It's this genetic thing that's passed on. And she says there's been a psychic in her family for over 300 years. Whatever. Um, but at the age of eight. Sylvia met her spirit guide, which was an ancient Aztec. We're doing fucking ayahuasca in the woods? What, the fucking spirit guide? <laughs> well, you're going to like this because you have a lot in common with her. Um, it was an, an ancient. You just talked about how much you hate her. 
I know, but you have a lot of common <laughs> with her in this very one specific regard. Are you ready for it? Charles yeah, not. Um, so he, she met her spirit guide and she was an ancient Aztec Indian woman named Aina. Um, Sylvia couldn't say that name. So she promptly colonized Aina and changed her name to Francine. Very similar. <laughs> I don't colonize people. <laughs> Just because my wife's name was Running Bear before I met her doesn't mean that I colonized her by calling her Victoria. Okay. Oh, Dalton. <laughs> Dalton. Oh my God. <laughs> this is my wife, Running Bear, and my child, Flying Eagle. Jesus Christ. I don't know if we're going to get canceled. I was setting you up and I'm just not sure that that's what I meant to set you up for. <laughs> There's a single tear running down my cheek right now. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read from... You can't just no-sell that great joke. That was a great joke. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read this description from Sylvia's book. She's got a biography and it's called Adventures of a Psychic. It's my child. I can do a racism against her if I want to. <laughs> She's only half yours. <laughs> uh, so Aina, <laughs> Sylvia's guide, took a lot of getting used to. The name alone was a bit off-putting. At the time, Francine was Sylvia's favorite name. And then it says in quotes, oh, mom, if you'd only name... I'm sorry, that's not her voice. Oh, mom, if you'd only <laughs> name me Francine instead of dumb old Sylvia. So that's what the child <laughs> rechristened her new companion. <laughs> so she's going to call this woman, this poor aztec ancient aztec indian woman who is her spirit guide she just gives her the name of francine and that is for the rest of sylvia's life what she calls this spirit guide <laughs> this is my spirit guide francine francine what do you see for me um so she like dorothy allison she claims to have volunteered for police for the police on a bunch of cases and i mean honestly every time there's a big case psychics come out of the woodwork to help the police She's never specific about any of the cases that she worked on. Whereas like Dorothy, dear old Dorothy, because she looks like a fucking saint compared to Sylvia by the time we get through this episode, would like used it for all of her publicity. She's like, this is the case. This was the specific stuff. And this is, here's the newspaper clippings to prove. Sylvia doesn't really have any of that. She's much more vague about it, which lends me to believe that it's bullshit. Um, Do you think but- the Aztec spirit corrected her every time she called her Francie and she's like, her please, entire life? Please, Sylvia, my name is Aina. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Francine. Whatever. Your name Francine. is whatever I say it is because you belong to me. You are my spiritual property. Oof. Oof. That's a, oof. That was Sylvia. That wasn't Austin. Sylvia's spirit came in me for a second and I was, was very uncomfortable. Listen, um, Aina, you'd leave Austin alone. No, it wasn't Aina. It was Sylvia. <laughs> he is, seems very sweet in this whole thing. She seems, I don't know. Like Wait, she is. real quick. Is Sylvia dead? Yeah. Okay, good. She yeah. can't see us. No. Her dumbass psychic son may come after us, but I don't really care. Bald idiot. You should have um, seen this coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> he better be our first download. <laughs> it doesn't count. Uh, so she, like we mentioned earlier, she's definitely best known for her TV appearances. She was on Montel every Wednesday for a while. She was also on Larry King Live a bunch. So Which is she, surprising because I really like Larry King. 
I mean, you, you know why you like him? Because he farts on camera and you fart on record. He legendarily oh, was fair. a farter. Apparently, he used to have a fan under the desk that would blow the farts away from the guests. <laughs> Not <laughs> That's even kidding. amazing. That's yeah, incredible. He was a, he was a, I, I met him briefly once. I was working in an ice cream store in NBC. Holy in how New York the fuck City. have you met everybody that's ever existed? I was like, is... I've lived in New York City for a long time. And he, like, he lived in the neighborhood I was working at and he cut the line. Like There was a line to get ice cream. <laughs> and I was serving ice cream at a shop. It was not a very glamorous job. He cut the line. And this woman in line, she goes, I know who you are. That doesn't mean you can fucking cut the line. You need to get back there with everybody else. And he this was man, like 184 oh years God. old. He, he looked, looked like, like hell. Line. <laughs> he looked like a wet rat that had just been caught. I mean, he just he's he was a horrendously old, nasty man. Um, but anyway, yeah, oh, he's, no. dead. he's dead too. Uh, <laughs> but she so she go on Montel just for for Charlie, who'd never seen her in action, and she performed readings on the audience members. Um, and it was huge. I mean, Montel's show is awful. Like it's, there's no, there's nothing about it that set it apart from any of the other 90s shows, but right. Montel's thing was Sylvia. Like she made that show. And I think that there was a big part of why he had a show and continue to have a show. Yeah. And he kind of is, 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 oh, I think he's as guilty as she is on a lot of this shit that we're going to get oh, yeah, into. He facilitated it. And he knew he was like, this is why people are watching. Mm-hmm. So why would I let this good thing go away? Um, yes, yeah, so she, so she claims, and I just want, I want this to like burn into your head because I think it's important as we talk about all this shit. So she claims, and this is a quote, right? My accuracy rate is somewhere between 87 and 90%, if I'm recalling correctly. So you call wrong, bitch. And 90% <laughs> correct. Just keep oh. that in mind. Now, I, I, I will say before anybody decides to leverage this against me, and they won't because no one really calls me out on this shit, and they just go with what I say, which is fine, too. Um, it does seem like I'm cherry picking a little bit, but I'll give you some stats after I, I read some of these predictions and, and readings that she did and how off they were. So. There is a magazine called the Skeptical Inquirer magazine, which at one point I was a subscriber to. It's fun. They track psychics and charlatans and like pseudoscience weirdos, and they kind of debunk them. It's like a whole reason. But they've been around since, I think, the 70s. They've been around a long time. Uh, And they looked into every single episode of Montel that Sylvia was on that had a transcript available, right? So there's not, it's not every single episode. People aren't like actively archiving the Montel Williams show. For lots of reasons, but there were about 115 appearances, or I'm sorry, 115 predictions that she made that they have transcripts for. And so they took all 115 of those and looked into them to see if they were accurate, right? So I'm going to take just a few of those and I'm going to read them right now. Um, Linda McClelland on March 13th, 2002 on Montel, Brown said McClelland is quote, is not dead, but in Orlando, Florida, taken by a man with the initials MJ. And her family would find her soon. One year later, in March of 2003, McClellan's body was discovered near her home in Pennsylvania. David Rapansky was convicted of the murder after witnesses testified that Rapansky strangled her. See, the problem is they heard MJ and they went to Michael Jackson and he was like, no, no, that's ignorance. I didn't take that child. No. So she- they found the guy. <laughs> that's not what it was. <laughs> uh so yeah so the woman was not alive she was not in florida and she was not taken by the same initials so that's i'd say not a hit i think that's a miss right but you can also see that she's really confident like she's like these are the things that 
definitely happened. Instead of like Dorothy would be like, I see water and the initials MJ and a long boat ride and then a car ride to a like, you know, she doesn't do any of that. She's very assured, assured of herself. And she's just like, this is what happened. Anyway, um, this is a case about three men named Scott Renquin, Dan Nelson, and Roger de Verge, Ver, Vernet. I don't know. Ver, Vernet. We'll just go with Vernet. Uh, March 1999. Look at you colonizing that name. You're no better than Sylvia Brown. I'm just adding a little flair, a little, little <laughs> français. Adding a little flavor. I didn't change that name completely. <laughs> Uh, March 1999 in Montel. Um, according to the Associated Press, Brown told the families that their loved ones had died in a boating accident near the Everglades in a hovercraft. She gave them the name of the man who allegedly owned the boat. Police fo- followed Brown's leads, mistake number one, and found nothing. Later, their bodies were discovered in their SUV uh, in a drainage retention pond. Authorities believe they missed a sharp turn at the unlit corner and their car flipped into the water. No hover boats. <laughs> nothing. Like, it's nothing. Not, it's just nothing. dead wrong. It's nothing. Just dead wrong. And they even had like a sliding scale rating system where they're like mostly right, little bit right, mostly wrong, dead wrong. I mean, like, like there was there was room, so you could be kind of in the middle, but none of these were. None of these like had anything <laughs> to do other than she got the names of the dead people right, which is what the people who came for the readings already gave her. Right. right. <laughs> like, this is who I want you to talk about. Oh, you want me to talk about this? Well, yeah, that's where the rightness is. This whole thing is so fucked up because she's like fucking with people that are looking for closure. <laughs> oh, it gets worse, Dalton. I say that all the time. I feel like that should be a shirt. It just as it gets worse, Dalton. <laughs> and on the back says, if you catch my grift. Um, hey, JCP, work on that. <laughs> this is the case um in october 20th or on sorry october 20th 2004 on montel brown told richard torres's widow that she would have a healthy baby boy the june 28th 2005 up- update on montel reported that the baby was a girl and died five months premature oh my god <laughs> that's awful yep Yep. And the segment actually omitted Brown making any prediction about the pregnancy. So they went back and re-edited it so that it didn't happen. Oh my God. And you can't like, you can't sue for this. No, no, no. Because they're not, it's not real. Like it's like, they have to psychics. Yeah. But but the psychics, they like the, the, it's not real, but they pretend like, you know what no, I mean? The legal jargon is it's for entertainment purposes only. So it's like the people that take this seriously are, are setting themselves but up. But the psychics failure. ain't breaking kayfabe, brother. They're no. like, they're pretending like it's all legit. Well, what could you sue her for? I don't fucking know. No, Lying? you can't. Not, I mean, fucking people lie all the time, get away with it. You can't. I mean, it's like there's nothing, there's no material grounds for suing her for that. Like, it's really sad and unfortunate. Alex Jones is getting sued right now for a yes, Sandy Hook. Because and, he sent his followers to harass people at their homes. That's yeah, what he's doing. It's not the denial of Sandy Hook. It's that he convinced people to go track these people to their jobs and their homes and harass them. That's what he's getting sued for. It's like you can lie and make up shit, but then when it like spirals out of control and real people do things in the real world that is beyond words, that's when you get in trouble. Fair. And luckily she didn't have a bunch of fanat. Well, she has fanatics, but she didn't have a bunch of like weirdos, you know, going out to make sure her predictions came true, which is good. Um, so I mentioned earlier, like she made 115 predictions on Montel's show that the transcripts exist for. Um, they put them all together. 
and they determined that she was outright wrong 25 times. And the remaining 90 readings were impossible to either prove or disprove. Absolutely zero have been proven to be even remotely <laughs> accurate. But 85 to 90% Austin. 87 to 90%. She's right on the money. Just guess not when the cameras are rolling, which would seem to be kind of the most important she, time. She just has bad luck, man. She just has bad luck. She can't, yeah. can't strike it when the iron's hot. So there's being wrong, right? Like there's pretending to be an, a, a, and there's being wrong. And there's like, you just got this fuck. He fucking got it wrong. Right. And that that's bad. But she, and I think what makes her so nasty, besides just her general personality, if I'm being honest, is that she likes to embellish on some of her predictions in a way that's really harmful to the families that are getting the reading. Who doesn't, man? Who doesn't like to embellish? Give it a little flair. <laughs> give it a little spice. Give it a little flavor. Throw some fucking slap your mama on that bad boy. All right. So, Charlie, I want you to isolate that, and I want you to play it after I read all of these horrible things that she predicted and okay. it'll sound like Dalton is agreeing with them and he's going to come across as the worst fucking person in the world. <laughs> I do that on my own, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're not wrong. That's not, I don't see the lie. <laughs> but, so this is, you know, and for anybody that's listening that is like knows a lot of Sylvia Brown, God bless you because it's, just, it's a terrible person to have take up your head, you know, like take up space in your head. But this is like her greatest hits of like really horrible things that she, I think she's done or that she has done, but I think they're the most horrible things. So um, on April 21st, 2003, Amanda Berry went missing on her way home from working a shift at Burger King. Charlie, do you know that name? It sounds familiar. It will. It's an Ohio story. It's outside of Cleveland. Okay. You'll know when we start talking about it a little bit more. Um, she was a day shy of her 17th birthday. So her mother, whose name is uh, Luana Miller, I like that. I really like Luana. That's a fun name. Um, became a tireless advocate for locating her missing daughter. And this is from a, a piece in The Plain Dealer by a woman named Regina Brett. And I quote, she wasn't crying. She didn't act the way moms of missing children do on TV. Um, wiping tears with folded tissues while whispering, please, for help. Luana was angry. She chain smoked Marlboros. She didn't trust the police. So she put her own fun, phone number on the flyers. She would cuss out the very people who tried to help her. Then she would apologize and sob like a baby, tears rolling down her big puffy cheeks. She when sounds I was, like me. She's kind of awesome. I actually am really big. Like I'm me. a big the, Luana. The people will try to help her, and she's like, oh, "Fuck you, fuck you, what the fuck?" Well, this I'm is so an example. Sorry. <laughs> so this is this is the reporter. She's like, "When I was there, uh, or, no, I'm sorry. When I was there, she was watching a psychic on Montel, and she said, we need her.'" Luana hollered as the TV. At the TV, as a friend wrote down the number. Oh, man. Before the psychic dinner in, Luana tried everything else. Uh, she pestered the police and the FBI for clues. She got people to knock on doors, staple flyers on telephone poles, hold candlelight vigils and prayer rallies. She begged the media for more coverage, and we let her down. She called me angry the day that she saw the TV news offer a reward for a missing dog. She said, what about Mandy? She called when CNN covered the woman missing in Aruba. Again, a quote, how come she gets so much publicity? She cried. So dedicated mom looking mm -hmm. for her missing 17 year old, doing everything that she knew how to do, saying, fuck the police. I'm going to do this on my own because they can't find my daughter. Right. Right. And she sees Sylvia Brown on Montel. Besides. It's always when they get the most de desperate. It people. is. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. 
so she she got in touch with the show and she went in for a taping with Sylvia in 2004. And this is another this is from another piece in The Plain Dealer by a different author named uh, Stephen uh, Hudak or Hudak. Um, in quotes, she's not alive, honey. Sylvia told her matter of factly, your daughter's not the kind who wouldn't call. With those blunt words, Brown persuaded Miller to accept a grim probability that has become more likely with each passing day. Miller went back to the West Side home where she had been keeping Amanda's things in careful order and cleaned up. She gave away her daughter's computer and took down her pictures. I'm not even buying my baby a Christmas present this year, she said. Miller said she returned devastated from the show, taped this month in New York. I lost it, she said. Miller said she believes 98% in Brown. And in quotes, please don't misunderstand me. I still don't want to believe it. I want to have hope. But after a year and a half, what else is there? Miller said. She's tired. Yeah. It seems like the God's honest truth. My daughter would always call home. So Brown went into even more heartbreaking details that didn't make air. So there was like more than just this reading. Uh, She told Miller that her daughter had been murdered on her birthday. She went missing a day before her birthday. Uh, she also mentioned that the killer was, so, in quotes, sort of Cuban looking, short, kind of stocky build, heavy set, and was maybe 21, something like that, 21, 22. She told Miller that Amanda didn't suffer and that the, her black hooded jacket was in a dumpster with DNA on it. Luana Miller would die two years later of heart failure. She died thinking. Jesus. That, yeah. She killed this lady. She died thinking, as Sylvia had told her, that she would only see her daughter again, quote, in heaven on the other side. Oh, man. Ugh. How are you feeling now about that? Spice it up a little bit. Oh, man. Too much flavor. Yeah, too much flavor. Well, too much flavor. Especially because that didn't happen. And on May 16, 2013, Amanda Berry managed to escape the house that she had been imprisoned for for the past decade. <gasps> oh, that's where I know this from. Yes. Holy yes. shit. This is the, the dude that was like kept her locked Ariel in a dog Castro. kennel. Yes. Yep. Yep. She called the police and identified herself and then gave the address where there were still other two other women in prison. I heard this on a fucking Necronomicon. Shout yep. out Necronomicon. Uh, so Amanda Berry actually watched that episode of Montel with her mother on it while she was oh in prison God. in that house and saw her mother given the news that Amanda was dead. <sighs> she never gets to see her mom alive. Her mom died uh, nine. Oh, no, not nine years. Six years before Jesus. she was escaped. This fucking woman, no authority to say any of that shit to this poor grieving mother who, I mean, like, in theory, she probably would, wasn't the healthiest woman. She's smoking a bunch of Marlboros a day. She didn't look like she was in the best shape. I'm not a doctor. I can't make that fucking call. But part of me is also like, you killed this woman. You broke no. her fucking heart. Like for, she you, can, you can die from a broken heart for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Like, fuck for sure. you. Fuck you. What did you do that for? Ratings for Montel Williams? Nobody even knows who he is anymore. It, it's yeah. aggravating. Uh, it, it, if you're it, even going to fucking do it, why not at least give her hope? I'd, I, if I was going to fuck with people like that, I would at least give them hope. I wouldn't fucking like shatter them. Like, that I don't understand. The ratings in, man. Bullshit. <laughs> I bullshit. I think that it absolutely would. Yeah. I don't know if it would at the time. I think today it would. I think back then we were just a different place. I don't know. It, it's crap, but it's, it's also not isolated. It'd be one thing no. if this was the one time that she had done something like this. It's not. Um, in 1999, Brown did a reading for Opal Joe Jennings' grandmother, who wanted Great to name. know. Yeah, no, Opal Great Joe, name. Opal Joe Jennings. <laughs> Fuck um, yeah. 
so this is Oval Joe Jennings' grandmother who wanted to know what happened to Jennings, a six-year-old abducted from her front yard in Texas. Oh, six? That's oh, that's sad. Yeah, this is, and this one's wild. Brown told the grandmother, she's not dead. But what bothers me, now I've never heard of this before, but for some reason, she was taken and put into some sort of slavery thing and taken into Japan. What? The place is uh, Kukuro or Kukara Brown. Bitch, are you trying to say Kyoto? No, it's, it's spelled totally <laughs> different. Uh, Brown was wrong, guys. This didn't happen. Um, a, a child molester by the name of Richard Lee Franks was charged with the kidnapping Yikes. that same year and convicted the following year. Jennings' remains were discovered in 2003. Medical examiners concluded that Opal was killed by trauma to the head within several hours of the abduction. So in this case, equal and opposite things. You gave this poor woman hope. Not and, even. Like you told well, her she yeah, was yeah, being sex trafficked well, in Japan. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still, you made this woman think her kid was alive and being tortured. And in reality, her kid had already passed away. But who thinks of that? Who, who, who thinks like the first thing? Yeah, I got a perverted, fucked up mind. <laughs> that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, fuck you, man. Like the first thing you think of is, oh, she's a six-year-old that's sex trafficked in Japan. What what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Like, I, I, I don't even even if you saw that, why would you tell that to someone? I believe in total honesty. Go fuck yourself, woman. Right. She's awful. She's awful. Really and truly. Like this stuff, this is a hard one to write, but we're gonna have fun. <laughs> <laughs> the only fun I've gotten from this is your Sylvia Brown voice. <laughs> That's why I use like, it all the time. It's, 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 yeah, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie said, this is not fun. I'm not having a good time. You lead, off, you lead off with that story. It like hits close to home, man. Like, that, right. That I mean, you killed me. Like killed me. That was such a, and that was such a big Dude, story. It was great. Like we talk about bad shit on the show all the time. I didn't say anything when I saw it happen, but I could like visibly see the pain on Charlie's face. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was Cleveland. I mean, it, yeah. it, it happened. It was, it was, yeah. And I mean, thank God all three of those women were alive. I can't imagine what they endured over mm-hmm. the 10 plus years. I mean, Amanda Barrett was 10 years, but there was another woman who was there three years longer. And it's just like, it's just, just awful. Anyway, it's bad, bad, bad time. Um, these are still bad, but not as bad. <laughs> so do what you will. Um, Holly Cruson's mother went on Montel in 2002 to ask about her missing daughter. Sylvia told her, She's in Los Angeles. And when she was calling you, she was on drugs, but she's still alive. She, she was continued, on drugs. Yeah, but she's alive in Los Angeles. She continued that Holly was working as a dancer at an adult entertainment nightclub. And you might get a Christmas card postmarked Los Angeles. That's what she said. So Holly's mom, being a mom, went to LA and she started going to every strip club that she could find with pictures of Holly talking to other dancers and security and, and, and the managers of these clubs and going, please, have you seen my daughter? Please have you? nobody had ever seen her. Right. And there's right. not that many clubs. I can imagine. I mean, there's probably dozens of them, but they, you know, probably the same girls are kind of in and out of different clubs and it, it's, they, you know, it's a dangerous job. So I'm sure they're looking out for each other and they would recognize if, Hey, this is someone that I've seen before worked here at one point, Mm -hmm. nothing came back. Um, Holly's mother died in 2003, a year after she went on Montel of a brain aneurysm. 
hard not to think that might have something yeah. to do with your yeah. trust, but um, Sylvia Brown is a fucking body count, dude. She's That's a monster. Crazy. We don't have enough time to talk about all of it, but these are like the most, some of the most heinous ones, but um, it wasn't until 2006 that someone finally identified Holly's body. Uh, she had been murdered in 1996 and remained in the medical examiner's office, pending identification for 10 years. So she was dead in 96. The reading happened in 2002. And so like, she's still God. alive. Jesus. It's worth noting too, that Holly had a really rough upbringing and she had a really, really shithead abusive boyfriend that she kept going back to. So the, I mean, from a statistical point of view, it's not a surprise that, you know, something right. really bad happened because domestic situations often lead to the most violence that, that happens. It's not, you know, that's far more common than a serial killer or something like that. But anyway, it's like she, she nearly had it. Damn. Six years, six, six years is how, like, if you're a psychic and you can't predict whether someone is alive or dead, you're really not doing your job right. Right. Like if you, it's if almost like it's not fucking real. Almost is weird. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, all right. We got, I think this is the last of like the really heinous ones. And then we'll have a little bit more fun. Um, <laughs> and I really mean that. Fucking food offices, like, all right, first death, 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 death. Yeah. Now we have fun. <laughs> yeah, because if the fun stuff is not that fun, at least it's better than all the death, 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 death. Uh, we just talked about. Uh, point. On October 6, 2002, 11-year-old Sean Hornbeck disappeared on his way to a friend's house. After four months of fruitless searching, his parents accepted an invitation to the Montel show and sat with Sylvia to ask about their missing son. I watched this clip. It's kind of wild. It's also long, so I didn't. I, there was no way for me to cut it and play it. But Sylvia spins a fucking story that for these poor people, um, she talks about like how Sean was abducted by this out of town grifter in this blue Chevrolet late model sedan. That um, oddly specific, oddly specific. The abductor was dark skin, although he wasn't black. He was more Hispanic, which she keeps talking about Hispanic people. Some, some Hispanic person did something wrong to Sylvia because she said <laughs> the same thing with the Amanda Berry thing. Um, you know, but whatever. Um, she then went on Without to racist to the, to the list of things she is. Because yeah, obviously. Yeah. I think there's definitely some of that there. I, you know, I actually know there's probably some of that there. Uh, she's just a mean old white woman. Um, <laughs> so she went on to confirm that the parents' worst fears that their son was dead. So she said, Sean, unfortunately, was dead. In 2007, Sean was found alive at the home of his captor, a local pizza shop manager. So Pizzagate early on. Early about to fucking say. <laughs> the guy did not drive a Chevy, blue Chevy. He, he had drove a double in, pepperoni with the cheese. <laughs> in the basement. In the basement. Uh, no, he, he drove a white pickup truck and she was very wrong. But, yeah. you know, who wasn't wrong was the uh, true crime writer, Michelle McNamara, who's the woman who's often credited for catching the Golden State Killer. Like she did a profile. Also known as Pat Oswalt's wife. Yeah. And her, his, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, his wife before there's a, she... there's, Dalton, if you haven't seen it yet on HBO, uh, there's a documentary series called, uh, what's it, uh, And I'll Leave in the Night or something like that. It, it's yeah. by, it's about that. You should watch it. It's really fucking good. Something, yeah, I think I'll it's in it. the dark. Something in the dark. Something leaving in the dark. Like I'll leave you in the dark or something like that. But it's, Here, look it's it about... Up real quick. I don't want to give the wrong. I'll be gone in the dark. One woman's obsessive search for the Golden State Killer. 
So okay. she's pretty incredible. And she died very young. She was 46 when she passed, mm. but she was just brilliantly smart. And she was the first person. This guy actually abducted another young boy and she put together that it's probably the same person. The police were like, why do you think that? And she said, well, both of these guys, these both of these boys look much younger than their age, which was already 11. So, I mean, they, they looked like a young 11. And she started to suspect that they were the that it was the same person. And sure enough, turned out to be the same person. They figured out who the guy was and they raided him and they found both boys uh, playing video games at this guy's apartment. So not dead. Once again, not dead by some. No, wouldn't do this. The whites, the whites wouldn't do this. <laughs> no, white people. It's don't only do that. the Mexicans and the Cubans. There's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of Donald Trump throwing your uh, throwing in your oppression. <laughs> Listen, we need to build the wall. Stop these Mexicans and these Cubans from coming over. Well, and I w- I do want to say something I kind of missed earlier. Is she did predict that like there was a probably a Hispanic guy with the Amanda Berry killing. Well. It, it, you know, Ariel Castro was of Hispanic heritage. However, he was not 21 or 22. He was double that age when he kidnapped her and she's not fucking dead. So you really, that's like, those are big really, misses. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you happen to get that he is of Hispanic heritage. And I will give you that. And her believers will be like, she was right on that. Yeah, but she was wrong. She was wrong by half on his fucking age. And she said that the, the, the woman was dead. Like, no, you don't, you don't get that. Listen, Austin, you can't win them all. No, no, no. You don't get that. You don't get credit for that. That's a bunch of bullshit. And you clearly that's love at least meaning- a D on a report card. Okay. That's at least a D. He's making degrees, baby boy. <laughs> she's she and she's like, oh, everybody's Hispanic or the Japanese. You can't trust them either. Foreigners, uh, you know, they eat raw fish. How could you all, trust them? They're from out of town, so you know they're different. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look like us. They have different quote cultures. You fucking racist uh. cow. <laughs> So when Sean, this kid Sean shows up alive, uh, both Sylvia and Montel declined invitations to be on Larry King Live uh, to talk about it. But she does release a statement. And this is through her reps, but I'm going to read it in her voice because I like doing her voice. From the desk of Sylvia (laughs) Brown. (laughs) As Sylvia states, her appearances on the Montel show, in her books, on her radio show, and in each of her lectures, she cannot possibly be 100% correct in each and every one of her predictions. She has, during a career of over 50 years, helped literally tens of thousands of people. It is so sad that many in the public would afford any other professionals, such as doctors, lawyers, and even law enforcement, the right uh, to be human and to be wrong, but not Sylvia. <laughs> you know what happens? Okay. So if you're a cop and you're wrong about things, right? That means you're they fucking are. They're bad. wrong a lot. <laughs> that means you're bad at your fucking job, right? So if you're a psychic and you get things wrong, that means you're bad at your fucking job. You know what happens if I'm bad at my job? You get fired. I get fucking fired. Yep. <laughs> I don't have that job anymore. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I get promoted. I get promoted at mine. So <laughs> have you ever heard of you blow up the warehouse? You get promoted. What are you talking about? <laughs> have you ever heard a fucking pilot be like, I can't believe they're not okay with us being bad at our job? <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? If I think yeah, well, if I, if I, I hear mean, if a, a pilot say he's bad at his job, I'm not getting on the fucking plane. Well, if a pilot most getting, of the time. Yeah, if a pilot is bad at his job, you're not living through the flight. <laughs> well, oh god damn, you're not promoted. gonna live through a fucking reading with Sylvia Brown at this rate. This body cam on this lady 
oh yeah we got some fun stuff still don't worry about it we're gonna we're gonna get to it um you know john ronson dalton <laughs> who the fuck that is yes you do you listen to knowledge fight he's the british guy that oh okay okay okay, okay. documented alex yeah, early yeah, yeah, on yeah. so he also um did some some research on sylvia that was one of his the people that he was interested in he wrote an article about her and he actually got bought tickets to be on sylvia had a psychic cruise where she was on this cruise with a bunch I don't of people think and there's anywhere i would want to be less than trapped in the middle of the ocean with, with fucking sylvia brown, brown. <laughs> well so he's on there with her and he's going to all of her like segments and predictions and there's i'm going to recommend the article because i don't want to go into it too much but he interviews people that got readings from sylvia after that and they're all disappointed and they're like that's just not true like i don't know where she came up with that i'm really heartbroken and disgusted but for the sake of our story, just look John Ronson, Sylvia Brown, do some reading. It's really good. She'd look for at the Austin of- and go, you're a lovely 27-year-old. Tell the wife and child I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like, this is this is my child. And then put a picture of my cat. <laughs> His name is Michael. Um, my wife's name is Christopher. Figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> So he just manages Chris, so they couldn't tell. It's Chris, <laughs> a lot of S's. Yeah. Chris. Uh, so he manages to get an interview with, with Sylvia, which is kind of remarkable because she's very media adverse unless she can control the situation. Um, and so he asks her about Sean Hornbeck, right? Because it's fresh in the news. It's like a big thing. And as he's asking her, she says, "The kid." Interrupts Sylvia. She means Sean Hornbeck. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I believe the kid was dead. She shrugs. What I found out later, Larry King wanted me to come on and explain, but I said I'm not going to explain anything. Is it there were three children missing? I think what I did was I got my wires crossed. There was a blonde and two boys who were dead. I think I picked the wrong kid. What do you mean you picked the wrong kid? So she means that she channeled the wrong kid and know, told the parents know, that they were dead i know that but you can't fuck if you're dealing in life and death situations you can't fucking pick the wrong kid i agree 100 <laughs> yes that's the point <laughs> she just has no disregard she can't say she's sorry she can't say she's wrong she just is like well i i made a slight miscalculation nobody died literally this time no one died yeah, this time i'm what i died yeah it's it's really infuriating it really really but you know what she's she's accurate 87 to 90 percent of the time <laughs> i haven't heard uh, a single one yet <laughs> no. you're not going to spoiler uh, <laughs> so as a direct result of this sylvia's first husband so as a direct result of the sean hornbeck case sylvia's first husband gary Dufresne spoke out about her and this is from an interview he gave. It says, uh, they were married in 1959 when she was 23. She and DeFriends divorced in 1972. A few months ago, he gave an interview to Robert Lancaster of StopSylvia.com. So Lancaster was one of her big enemies and was like, she's a monster. We need to take her out. Good for him. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. He was totally right. He said he couldn't remain silent anymore after hearing about the Sean Hornbrick incident. And in quotes, I try to get her out of my mind as much as possible, but the damage she does to unsuspecting people in crisis situations is just atrocious. 
Then Dufresne said something extraordinary. He said that one evening back in the early 70s, Sylvia held tarot party at their home in San Francisco. And again, in quotes, I said to her as we were washing dishes and she was wiping, I said, Sylvia, how can you tell people this kind of stuff? You know, it's not true. And some of these people actually are probably going to believe it. And she said, screw them. Anyone that believes this stuff ought to be taken. Jesus Christ. This lady sucks. Holy shit. Yeah, he divorced her not long after that. So oh my God. a lot of her supporters are like, well, she's an ex, that's her ex-husband. He's got an axe to grind. But I'm also thinking he stayed quiet from 1972 to 2007. Like there were yeah. plenty of times that he could have come up, up and said something. It's not until he saw the Sean Hornbeck case, which happened, which unfolded before the Amanda Berry case, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that it was 2007 versus Amanda Berry being found alive in 2013 that he was like enough is enough like this this bitch is bad you know mm-hmm. like really doing horrible things to people that don't deserve it like they're in the, the absolute lowest of the low so I tend to believe him because I don't think you, you wouldn't hold some... that yeah yeah right yeah, like, yeah. and he's he, I mean as far as I know and I could be wrong but I and I didn't look I don't, I don't think he released a book I think if he did it didn't sell very money, you know, like you'd hear about it. He just, he, he just had enough. And he's like, I can't sit by and, and take this. And if you had a, if you have an ax to grind still in 2007 from a marriage that ended in 1972, yeah, there's a lot more going on. Right. right. I, I just don't, I believe it's really hard to come at somebody that hard, that far after, you know, your marriage ends for yep. whatever reason. But anyway, a little bit more of our interactive audio visual portion of the show. So on uh, January 2nd, 2006, there was an explosion and collapse at the uh, Sago mine in Sago, West Virginia. Huge news at the time, right? Uh, there were 13 people, men, still trapped inside the mine as the rescue crews scrambled to save them. So as this story is unfolding, Sylvia Brown goes on Coast to Coast AM. Not with our bell. Sorry. George oh, the fucking lame coast to coast. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, he's definitely the lame one. Um, yeah, coast to coast. The news outlets had reported when they went on air, when when Nori and, and Sylvia were on air, that all 13 miners were still alive, that they'd found them, that they were alive. And so I'm going to play the first clip from that live radio show. Of course, this is after the fact with these uh, 12 or 13 coal miners that they found successfully. I know. Uh, Had you been on the program today and had they not been found, would you have felt as if, because they had heard no sounds, that uh, this was a very gloomy moment and that uh, they might have uh, all died? No, I knew they were going to be found. You know, I hate people that say something after the fact. It's just like I knew when the Pope was dead and and I said it on... Thank God I was on Montel's show, and I said, according to the time, it was nine-something, and whatever Rome time was, I said, he's gone, and he was. All right. So you heard there, right? He was like, do you think it was going to be bad? And she was like, no, I knew it wasn't going to be bad. Um, So they head into the break shortly after that, and when they come back, the news has completely changed. It seems like there was false information released, and it is now being reported that 12 of the 13 miners were dead. And so, but she hates when people say things after the fact. So I wonder what she's got to say. Well, here we go. And they're talking about the possibility of a miscommunication between rescue crews and command center about those survivors. So that story that now is breaking is that twelve of the thirteen are reported dead. 
not alive. How tragic, Sylvia Brown, for this to occur after a worldwide <laughs> euphoria exactly. that they may have been alive. And well, how crazy for them to report that they were alive when they weren't. Uh, you know, I had a reporter <laughs> from West Virginia to start my program tonight. and One of the first questions I asked her was, were these miners pulled out? Is that how they're saying that they've been rescued? Or did they hear them? What was going on? And she said, well, I really don't know. But she alluded to the fact that they weren't pulled out yet, but that they were all in the process of. And any time in a coal mine situation, when you hear that, that's still dangerous because anything can happen. The mine could, you know, it cave in again. Anything. Uh, so we're going to follow that story this hour when we're with you, Sylvia, and taking phone calls. And then right. uh, for uh, those of you with our affiliate stations, I will be live in that last hour of Coast to Coast. Yeah, I don't, think most there's, I don't shows. think there. I don't really think there's anybody alive. If there is, I think maybe only one. I just don't believe that there's. I haven't heard anything because I've been with you, but uh, I just don't think they are alive. That's frustrating. It's terrible. Okay. Let's go to the phone. Everybody was, yeah, false hope. Exactly. West yeah. Milwaukee's well. That's a kind of a different story. That's... You gave them the false hope. You, you fucking cunt. <laughs> no, everyone's, everyone's fine. Oh, no. Just uh, why Why did they report that everything was fine? No, no everything wasn't fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the other guys probably did. See what happened was everything was fine until it wasn't. Yeah. And it gets, it gets a little worse. Because I think that George knew, like he could sense that Sylvia was in trouble, like that she had really fucked up. He really was trying to bail up. her out hard. And oh, he tries once again, even harder to bail her out. All right. So I'm going to play the third clip. Oh, man. Coast to coast. I'm George Norrie. Sylvia Brown will take your phone calls for the rest of this hour as they line up. Sylvia, with the, with the accuracy rate that you have, and it is very high, of the few that you get wrong, do they sometimes become right, maybe later on? Yeah, but see, I, I never, I didn't believe that they were alive. What, what's you that, the miners? The fucking alley. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that there, uh, and see, I've been on the show with you, so I don't know, but I, I don't think that there's any that are going to, you know, make it. Well, that's not a good situation. No, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, I'll talk about that next hour. I'm concerned how the yeah, media what, what can there just. Thirteen. Thirteen were in there, and they said one had uh, died. Twelve had uh, had had were, were Well, there's alive. twelve gone, and there's. One yeah, I, I think, and I going. think the misunderstanding for you was that I was telling you after the fact uh, about the fact that they were alive. Had they uh, had had that story not broken while we were on the air. What do you think would have happened? And that's where I think we threw a curveball at you. Yeah, no, I I just believe that they were gone. Well, the, I think unfortunately you may he be right. Fucking coast threw coast. the alley up, alley oh to her, God. and she fucking swatted it away. She she fucked up so bad. She dude, got he tried to caught. bail her out so hard. And this is why George Norrie sucks, and you can't ever be better than Art Bell on that show. You know, what? I heard Norrie. so many influences of alex jones in that clip from him funny thing is i don't want to go too far down this is that art bell hated alex jones thought oh, he was yeah, notorious never had him yeah. hated him hated him george norrie has had alex jones on the show many times so this is mm-hmm. very different and art bell always kind of like it, it talks about how he and george did not see eye to eye on almost anything like they and even when art died george was like we didn't always agree on things. And I was like, you guys didn't get along. He's like, but he was a legend. And I was like, you damn right. He was, he wouldn't have 
put up with shit, even though she was on our bill show a lot. <laughs> and so much so that we actually might maybe as a Patreon special start going. She did a, a yearly special where she would predict everything that was going to happen the next year. It was like their New Year's special with Arbel every year. And I, I have most of them. Um, so oh, they're, out, yeah. they're out there. So that could be fun to listen to. But yeah, yeah. That, I mean, like, like she's she's wrong and she pivots and then she like she just makes it. I didn't say that. No, no, no. Dude. This is what I said. Go back You're and check like, the record. Dude, I just can't get over it. How like he was like, here, take my hand. I will help you up from this hole. And she fucking like, I don't want your hand. <laughs> it's it's absurd it's really something to see when people get caught in a lie uh live and having to do it in front of an audience and they i mean this has been washed from the coast to coast site it was really hard for me to find this specific episode to pull and to pull the audio um but that that's there there's a fun one um so it was uh the company that owned the mine two months later decided to reopen the mine and this is before an investigation as to what actually caused the explosion had concluded. So these fucking people were like, no, we're going to reopen it. That's great. That's awesome. We love that. The guy who owned the mine through a series of subsidies, you know, sub, or subsidy companies, his name is Wilbur Ross. Does that ring a bell? No. No, you guys aren't as like fucking political brained as I am. Uh, he was the United States Secretary of Commerce in the Trump administration. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So kill miners, get a job on the cabinet of the president of the United States. It's awesome. We love it. Um, so I want to talk about a case that Sylvia promoted on her website as a validation of her psychic powers. This is one that she was Listen, like, Sylvia, I've been looking for proof this whole episode. You better give it to me right here, baby girl. No. So you're actually going to prove this to me. I'm going to do a little exercise, right? Okay. So I'm going to talk about a case that went, that the, the parent went to Montel show and Sylvia made a prediction. And I want to see if you can come to the same conclusion based on all of the facts that Sylvia had access to before she heard this reading, right? Because let's not pretend like these were raw live readings. They weren't. No, they right? were screened. They were screened. Sylvia had access to the information and she could build her predictions off of that. That's how television works, right? So here's what she would have had access to. Now, I don't know. I, obviously, I don't know exactly what she had, like what information she had, but there was a lot of information out there and this is what she could have given. And I'm going to ask you this. So um, this woman named uh, Nicole Coppler went missing in 1999. She was 14 years old, right? And so these are all the facts that we know. Her mom went on the show to get a reading. In 2001, uh, Nicole's identification, as well as hair samples and photos, were found in the home of a man named Glenn Fryer. Fryer was named a suspect in Coppler's disappearance. He was arrested on rape and child pornography charges after police raided his home. Oof, and found speaking of minors. And found, yeah and found video evidence of his crimes, including evidence that linked him to a girl who was murdered in Kentucky in 2000. It took the cops 12 hours to haul away all the evidence. There's a lot of fucking evidence, probably a lot of pornography that's of minors. Um, He was also the suspect in the murder of his wife. Um, After he was arrested, he pleaded no contest, but committed suicide before the case went to trial. So, 14-year-old Nicole goes missing in 1999. What do you think happened to her? 
Uh, but he raped and killed her. That's what it sounds like, right? Yep. That's what, that's what Sylvia said. And then the mom asked, where was the body? Just take a wild guess at what Sylvia would have said. That, she, that she's now proven to be correct about. Uh, underneath his floorboards in his basement. In his 100 yard. fucking percent. You were as good a psychic as Sylvia Brown is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's it. She said in, in, in quote, she's right near the house. The mother, um, the mother, Nicole's mother, then asked Brown, is she in the basement? And Brown responded vaguely with, yeah, yeah, the house or under the house. Mm. So listen, I'll be taking readings on Monday through Friday, <laughs> eight to four, um, one, nine hundred. Go fuck yourself is the number. Give me a call. I'll, I'll do you up good. I, I'm just, and the reason I do that is because it's like, let's dispel some of the bullshit behind it, right? Like when she's on Montel making these predictions, it's because she's got this production staff who right. they, they screen the callers, they gather as much information as they can, and then they give it to her. Like it's, it's the same thing as like Peter Popoff when he was doing those cold readings. Right. And, and, and it was just based on information cards that the people in the audience had turned in. Like there's no, there's no magic to this. It's all a fucking scam. No. And like, it's just, it's all kayfabe, right? It's all, she's trying to work the crowd. That's it. Yeah. That's it. She's no different than, you know, like a stand up comedian or a pro wrestler or anything like that. She's just trying to convey a really fucked up story, like through these people, and she's using them for profit. And if you would like a reading from Dalton, Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com <laughs> forward slash if you catch my grift. Fuck, I should have went with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it, you know what it is? And it's like when you when you tout your victories and you do a, a, a victory lap, but it turns out to be a story that like anybody, literally anybody, given all the facts, could have guessed the same thing. Right. And, and it doesn't right. take a fucking brain surgeon to figure no. out what happened. No, it's an open and close case. And they did. Eventually, they excavated the house that he lived in, um, and they found the body of this this poor girl who had been abducted, probably raped. We're not totally sure on that, but more like more than likely, but and murdered. Like, mm-hmm. it's not fucking that's easy that's like if 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 police officers were given that kind of layup on every case it'd be 100 mm-hmm. clearance rate 100 yeah. percent clearance rate but nobody gets that and most of the time she doesn't get that and she's 100 clearance off. rate and a 40 percent domestic violence rate <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so i you know i i kind of so far i've chosen to, to like focus primarily on the crime readings that she did but there's plenty of like other absurd predictions and i mentioned earlier i want to do like her prediction shows like go through the old coast to coast where she's on well, and do the 100 shows. down yeah but i just found one that i thought was really funny and i want to read it this is quote Aliens will begin to show themselves in the year 2010. They will not harm us. They simply want to see what we're doing on this planet. They will teach us how to use anti-gravity devices again, such as they did for the pyramids. Yes. What are they, Sylvia? Well, they're 12 years late. Because yeah, that was I'm, supposed to happen in 2010. Or see, much like Planet X, okay? They don't operate on the same scale of time that we do. So what <laughs> happened was that she was just confused by their understanding of time, and she got the date wrong. That's all. That's it. No, actually, I was confused. They were actually illegal aliens from Mexico <laughs> oh, and Cuba. Aliens. That's why they don't want them here. Because they have these anti-gravity devices. Yeah, we chased think- them off. They were actually part of a caravan. It was an alien caravan, and we chased them off. 
That's probably how they're hopping the fence. They just use the anti-gravity device on themselves <laughs> and just go That's right exactly over. exactly right. See, I told you, DT, that wall ain't going to do no good. Yeah. It'll just fly. <laughs> um, so we're going to move on from her terrible predictions and a lot of her other terrible things that she's done. Uh, we, we've talked, this show has talked about faith healers, right? My favorites. She, she sort of takes that in a really terrible direction. She, I believe in them. That's how I got healed. Was a faith healer. <laughs> no, you got healed because of me. Miracle Spring Water that you can get if you subscribe to our Patreon. No, no, Patreon. No, 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 no. What do you mean? We don't sell Miracle Spring Water. I've been pissing in bottles. What have I been doing that for? Oh fuck! Don't drink it. Whatever you do, don't drink. No, the water. you just rub it on the part that ails you. Yeah, it's healed my. It healed me. It healed my spine. I, I'm about I was to, send able to another, walk again. I'm about to send him another bottle for that terrible t- suntan he's got on his neck. I'm gonna heal that right up with some piss. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not a jellyfish sting. It doesn't work like that. How do you know? You never used the bottle I sent you. Gotta you gotta have faith, Dalton. You yeah. just gotta have faith. I'm glad also, I moved. You sent it to the wrong address, brother. Onlyfans.com slash pissing on Charlie. <laughs> oh, we can make that a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, the first thing that, that oh, did not come out of Charlie's mouth was no. <laughs> Charlie, do you want to go to Forbidden Door or what? <laughs> just saying like obviously obviously i've tried for us dalton <laughs> take one for uh, the team brother i appreciate you <laughs> so faith healers right pissing on charlie faith healers um she very much believes in modern medicine so she's not a faith healer however uh she just as strongly believes that she can diagnose sick people through oh, her psychic God. powers and don't tell me she was telling people they had cancer oh yeah I, oh, I, oh no oh, come on yeah lots of different things blood clots cancer heart disease so she it's so bad it's so bad and it it like never seemed to stop her and i just really quick this is from her biography again adventures of a psychic i just want to read this because it's just how fucking terrible and depraved that she is so sylvia's link with the medical community was forged in an unexpected way just prior to undergoing minor surgery at el camino hospital in mountain view california home of google she uh, looked up at her anesthesiologist and informed her your wife's going to have an auto i'm sorry i didn't do the voice your wife's gonna have an automobile accident i see her crashing into something i think that it's a phone booth she'll be okay but the side of your car will be bashed in the doctor was obviously not impressed fine thank you very much he replied now just relax the last thing that sylvia remembered before fading out was his condescending smile as it turned out, the joke was on the doctor. When Sylvia regained consciousness a few hours later, he was sitting by, beside her bed. How did you know? The astonished man asked. It seemed that he had left the operating room to call home for, and got his distraught wife. She just crashed into a telephone booth. Since then, Sylvia has read for nearly half the staff at El Camino Hospital. Before long, doctors were sending patients to her. Oh, my God. I'm going to say this right now. <sighs> bold proclamation if you're a licensed medical professional and you refer your patients to a fucking psychic you should be dis, di, like lose your license i wasn't gonna say disbarred but it's not the bar you should lose your fucking medical license you should not Dude, be allowed to practice medicine ever again these people went for to school for god knows how many years and they fuck they're sending their patients to psychics well okay so i'm gonna say this too this is probably not very popular but i firmly believe this there are people that are really good at school and it doesn't mean that they're smart people they just are really good at school. 
there are doctors who got through medical school and are some of the dumbest fucking people that you've ever met in your entire life. And I think COVID brought out a bunch of them. Um, but I, there's just not, there, there are not bright doctors and, and it's in the same way that there are not bright mechanics and there are bright mechanics. Like in every field, you have people that are really smart and people that maybe aren't very smart, but somehow wound up in that profession. Right. And I think that like blanketing doctors, you know, and lawyers is people like that. Like everybody in there is the absolute tip top of their game. Kind of a mistake. It's case by case basis. I'm not saying don't believe science, but there's some real dummies in the medical field too. Just, to just be, like anything else. Just be picky about your doctors. That's all. Yeah. And I mean, I think that what, I think when it comes to science and medicine, it's like, if you listen to the consensus, you're going to be okay. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you're like, well, I believe this one guy, even though all the others are saying something else, you, you might, you might not be right. That's You're the one out of ten. Right. That's the one out of ten dentists that didn't <laughs> yeah, like the toothpaste. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so sending people to doctors or doctors sending people to her, and she's talked about blood clots and heart failure and all kinds of crazy shit. And it's but just couldn't you immediately like disprove that? Like, okay, this person has a blood clot. Let's send her through a fucking MRI to see if she has no, a fucking blood no. clot. See, see, the people that listen to her are going to go to their doctor and say, "I have this," and the doctor's going to go, "No," and they're gonna be like, "You don't know." <laughs> right you know these people you know like they're like no my psychic told me i had this and they're like ma'am that's not real you don't she told me you wouldn't believe me and they're going to shop around for a doctor until they find one that believes them i was just looking to make a buck that reminds me of something uh this is a little bit off topic but whatever i was uh talking to this guy at work the other day and uh i'll leave his name out of it but me and him have very polar opposite political views. And we were talking about like the monopoly that electricity companies have on a certain area. Right. And we were really getting like really agreeing on this, like this thing, right. It's like the government should come in and bust up these uh, monopolies on the energy sector. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they should. You're exactly right. He goes, yeah, I mean, I pay my taxes. I should choose where it goes to. Like, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You should choose where your taxes go to. Like, yeah, it should be given to the people of America instead of paying for people in Africa to have transgender surgeries. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? He's yeah, like, yeah like, man, what? the government's paying for transgender surgeries over in Africa. And I was like, no, the fuck they're not. What are you talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I think like most you can't people, and you can't argue with that because it's literally an insane thought. Like it's yeah. a fucking batshit crazy thought. And how are you supposed to combat that with facts? You well, and the, and the more you say no, the more they believe yes. You know, it's, it's really that's the problem. Yeah, like when he said that, I was like, I'd like I was in like I had a look of disbelief, and like he could see it on my face. And he was like, "What? It's true." And I was like, "Whatever you say." Well, man. I'm, I'm part of a discord with a lot of transgendered Africans. So next time you want to, I can FaceTime them and they can actually talk to them. And then we'll tell him exactly who paid for their, their, their reassignment <laughs> surgeries. So, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm well connected. I know Larry King. So, you know, I've got a lot of hookups. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Um, Back to the topic. I'm sorry for your extra work, Charlie. <laughs> no, it was a good story. You're right though. You're totally right. People that believe things like to their core. Yeah, that's the what more... I was bringing it back around to. You can't right. fucking argue with crazy. Because it just it just reaffirms the belief in them, right? You know, like in their soul, it's like this is what it is. So she's made a lot of bad predictions. She has diagnosed medical problems, which is terrifying. And honestly, it could be its own fucking episode on its own. But she's also made claims about working for the FBI. And in this way, unlike local police cases, she's made 
a couple of specific predictions. She said that she was called in to help find the Ted Bundy. The fucking feds called in Sylvia goddamn Brown. Yep, to help find Ted Bundy. God damn it, I love this country. <laughs> she also <laughs> says that she provided information to the FBI after the 1993, not to be confused with 2001, World Trade Center bombing. Right. There was a bombing before the planes landed, and she said she had details and she provided them with the FBI. Uh, problem is, there aren't any FBI agents who have ever come out and said they actually worked with her. Probably Gaston Bullock. He's probably worked with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, this guy's just as much fun. There's one, and his name is um, Ted Gunderson. Does that sound familiar at all? Hell of a name. But that yeah. sounds so fucking familiar, like yeah. from a TV show. We are going to do an episode on Ted Gunderson, but from an Anderson Cooper 360 report in 2007, I want you to read this. We spoke to Ted Gunderson, who's a retired senior special agent in charge of the FBI in Los Angeles. He's worked with Sylvia Brown, and he says he says he's worked with her quite a bit, and he has said this about her. He says, quote, I've worked with numerous psychics in the past and very few are really on target, but Sylvia Brown is probably one of the most accurate psychics in the country. That ran on Anderson Cooper. That ran on CNN, right? Now, Ted Gunderson is dead and we are definitely going to do an episode on him. So I had to go find his original website and I want to read you a little from his bio that he put on his own website. This is his biography that he put up. Are you ready for this? No, you're not. You're really not. I want to hear it so bad. (laughs) Retired FBI special agent in charge, Ted Gunderson, has compiled boxes of research and has assembled numerous reports describing unimaginable, quote, operations of treachery, sadistic savagery, degradation, abuse, and murder inflicted by intelligence agents of the United States government against its own citizenry, especially children. Oh, we're getting some deep state shit. The kidnapping of children for purposes of prostitution, pornography, high-tech weaponry, experimental abuse, mind control, child slave labor for underground alien-controlled facilities, white sex slavery, and the satanic ritual murder of untold... white sex slavery. Yes. <laughs> yep. And the satanic ma- ritual murder of untold thousands of American children snatched from the streets and playgrounds of America by agents working for the CIA is the principal reason for the existence of a covert CIA operation called the Finders. The Finders is one of the most alarming and despicable covert operations against America's children that Gunderson helped uncover. But it is only one of many covert Gestapo-like acts committed against American citizens by government agents under directive issues not by cr- not by Congress or the president, but rather by an international Satanist collectively known as the Illuminati who control the secret or shadow government of the United States, as well as every other major government in the world. The finders operation began in the 1960s and continues kidnapping children to this very day. It's the fucking new world order. Yes. This is guy. <laughs> so if you, if you Google this guy, it says people also search for, and I'll give you the last three people that comes up on here. James B. Comey, former yep. director of the FBI, Alex Jones, mm-hmm. and Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm-hmm. So there you go. The goddamn globalist, the deep state, and the new world order. This is the fucking this guy three. All right, there is a fucking nutter. And everything that Alex Jones and QAnon believes in comes from Ted Gunderson. We are definitely doing a fucking episode on him. 
and he was in the FBI, unfortunately. So there really are people like this, this in the FBI. Out. Him and Stevie P would be best friends. Yeah, he's this guy. He's there's a lot, but this is the but but again, getting back to the podcast, this is the one guy that vouched for Sylvia Brown. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Of course, this is the guy. Him. Makes this complete is the guy. sense. <laughs> so um, you cannot file a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, on someone while they're alive. But the second Sylvia died, the Skeptical Inquirer, that magazine, put in a FOIA request to the FBI saying we want every single record that mentions Sylvia Brown because we want to see if all this shit she's been talking over the years is true. Guess what? It wasn't. There was not any record of her regarding the Ted Bundy case or the uh, World Trade Center bombing is the 93. But there was one in the 80s. In 1988, the Federal Bureau of Investigation initiated an investigation into Brown for securing at least eight federally insured loans totaling $1.25 million. It was determined that Brown, along with a a blacked out accomplice, so it was a censored accomplice, falsified tax return documents and financial statements to secure the loans. So, wow. The only FBI file on this bitch is the one where they were investigating her for, for tax, tax fraud. fraud and <laughs> loan fraud. Oh, uh, nice. Most likely the name that was blacked out was Ted her, Gunderson. <laughs> yeah, right. Was, it was probably her husband at the time. And this was a guy named Kenzel Brown, which is where she took the name Brown um, from her second marriage. Uh, no charges were ever filed. They, they were dropped in her case, so she didn't face any any jail time or anything. And after, right well, she after knew this, that, that would happen, that it wouldn't oh, get yeah, she knew. her she in was, trouble. She knew. Exactly. So. She, was, she was right on top of it. Yeah. Um, and then when she divorced Kinzel Brown, she kept his last name, but decided to add an E to the end to kind of like put some distance between her and him. But she liked the sound of Sylvia Brown, so she wanted to keep that last name, even right. though she got married two more times, because she's clearly a wonderful person who <laughs> is in great to be in a loving relationship with. <laughs> Nothing wrong with multiple marriages, but listen. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. You can marry as many times as you want. But I think it's telling when you're such a toxic, heinous personality, per, like, you know, publicly. That four and then, or five different people do not want to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to keep talking about some fucking bonkers shit she did. In 1986, she started a church. A church? Yep. She started her own Gnostic Christian church called the Society of Novus Spiritus. And I'm definitely going to do a fucking episode on this. Oh, this anything with society in it is right on my alley. Yeah. She's so, uh, do you know, what, do you know what Gnostic Christianity is? I have no clue what that is. So Gnostic Christianity is like Christians that believe in Christ, but kind of steer away from the scripture. Okay. Like, I can get down they, with that. They are like, we, we kind of believe in it as like a bigger picture thing, but we don't necessarily, we don't adhere to the scripture. Um, basically if I was still religious, that would be the brand of Christianity that would, that would be for me. Well, maybe we'll sign you up for this. Um, We can try and see what happens because, um, more or less, she wanted to take Christianity, remove the Bible, insert herself. And also she wants to be Jesus. Well, also, and this is big for her brand and this is big for her business. She wants to add back in reincarnation into Christianity. Ooh. Because that's her business, right? Her business right, is yeah. talking to dead spirits who have been reincarnated over and over again and can speak to other lifetimes. So she's like, what if we had Christianity and we didn't have the Bible, but it was all about me and reincarnation. And that's what she did. 
That's exactly what she did. What if we had Christianity and made it a completely different religion? Yeah. What, what if it was Christianity without the Christ? What do you think? We got something? Hey, we got something. We're going to call it the Society of Nova Spiritus. <laughs> and we're going to talk about love. Love is our primary tenet. And even though I'm the most heartless, ruthless, loveless human being that maybe ever walked the planet, that's that's sort of where we're at. Um, and, and actually an interesting fact, that and she brings this up and she's like well reincarnation was more or less removed from christian doctrine in the year 553 after after you know ad or um uh during the second council of constantinople it's a little weird that reincarnation was ever part of christian doctrine because it's not in the bible like they don't right. talk about it so i read a little bit up on this and this is just me like flaring nerd facts at you but the reason that they said, um, and this is from a, a from the Utah Historical Review, and it's an article titled "The Argument Over Reincarnation." You're bringing and really up a article that the Mormons wrote and presenting no, it as fact. They Mormons, no, this is not from the Mormons, but this is actually really insightful, and I didn't know this, and I thought it was interesting, so I'm leaving it in because I write the episodes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it says. Uh, many of the early Christian theologians who believed in the idea of reincarnation were taught their religious beliefs at or near Alexandria, Egypt. These are theologians, including the Basilides, Valentinius, and the Origen, Oregon. I'm going to fuck all of those up, but I don't care. Christian and non-Christians alike that were living in or near Alexandria were still greatly influenced by the ideas of Plato. Plato is, a well, is well known for his writings on science and philosophy. Plato also saw himself as a spiritual man and had many ideas on religion and theology. First and foremost, Plato believed in reincarnation. So mm -hmm. it, it, because this is pre-radio, TV, internet, any of that, this was a massive religion in 553 but depending on where you learned it you might have your 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 doctrines were different right. right so people that came from this this plato ideology not ideology but like plato's teachings were like oh yeah reincarnation that lines up with our version of christianity until you know so what happens to heaven in that sense is it just not a thing well so he taught so plato taught that human souls and this is also from that article had previously existed in a perfect world and there enjoyed the presence of God. And somehow these souls committed some sin and fell from God's presence and were placed into physical bodies on earth as punishment. Right. Mm. So you have to keep coming so back. Earth until you get is right. hell. It's a little bit like Nirvana. Yeah. It's, it's, it's earth is hell, but that didn't line up with Christian theology. Right. So in 553, they were like, no mas, this is not <laughs> part of our religion oh, no, anymore. No, 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 no. If this loving and gracious God doesn't like what you did, he sends you to burn for all eternity, like all loving and gracious gods. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but anyway, but I mean, but Sylvia, this is like, you know, antithetical to her entire business model. Right. She needs right. reincarnation. So she invents a religion that has reincarnation again. That's crazy. You just invent a religion. That is wild. And it's still going to this day, long after her death. Holy uh, shit. How many members do they have? I have no idea. But if you would like to apply, applications for the Society of Novus Spiritus Minister and Training Course 
will be accepted from May to August 31st, 2022. This is current shit. Dude, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's fucking <laughs> well, go. Dude, don't talk too fast because before you're approved and accepted for minister training by the board of Nova Spiritus, the Novus exam uh, will need to be completed and passed. The information and questionnaire returned a short interview completed and the course paid in full. The cost is $600 and it does not include the mandatory textbooks. The course will be taught by Reverend Ellen Schloss uh, prelate and will start in October 22 and will complete it, be completed in April, 2023. Um, The course of study includes extensive knowledge of the philosophy and history of Nova Spiritus performing sacraments, hands-on healing, Nova Spiritus spiritual counseling, now, here's the books that you have to buy. Just going to go. This is um, all Sylvia Brown books. <laughs> and there are about 20 of them that you have to buy. Oh, my God. There is not a single other book by another author included in the Sylvia book list. Brown is for Jesus. You do not have to buy the Bible to be a part of this religion. You have to spend, and I looked them all up and added it up. It's $318 in Sylvia Brown books to become certified in this religion as oh a minister. Oh, my God. So once again, and we're getting towards the end here. This is from her biography. It had finally become quite clear to Sylvia that the new religion was the realization of her longtime humanitarian dream, the enactment of her karmic theme. There was no question about it. After having absorbed so much of Francine, the colonized uh, otherworldly perspective, it was obvious that her traditional religions no longer address the needs of today's world. The insight was so startlingly clear that she wondered why she hadn't realized it earlier. Here was a clear call to refine and promulgate the wisdom that she'd received from Francine. Perhaps a degree of her own perfection and refinement might come from dealing with the criticism she would undoubtedly encounter for following this controversial path. The basic tenets of the new face were revealed by Francine. First, of course, was the practical task of forming the credo itself. Soon, Sylvia realized that she could do this coincidentally with the beginning of her ministry. And this is in quotes, our culture cannot live by the rules set down 2000 years ago. She pointed out at her first service or celebration. Sylvia's message reflected her confidence. So she is a blasphemer. She's a blasphemer. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's like, the, the Bible is wrong. These men that wrote this book 2000 years ago were wrong. I'm just going to ignore it and do my own fucking thing. But I'm still going to call myself a Christian. <laughs> so, yeah. So her, Joel Osteen, both blasphemers. Good times. Let's do it. Good times. Good times for the blasphemers in Christianity. So we're going to wrap this up a little bit. I want to talk about the grift itself. Like, what's she doing, right? She's going on Montel. She's doing all these terrible readings. What, 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 what is she? Let's talk about the grift, right? Because that's what this is all about. Right, and this right. is the kind of the conclusion. So I, one more quote from her book. She says, oh, this is such bullshit. It pisses me off. Um, Sylvia, Sylvia I'm, 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 stop right. the voice. Oh, but it's okay. It's from her biography. It's not her. It's someone else writing about her, but I'm going to say it anyway. Sylvia believes that people chosen to be psychic must share their gift at whatever cost to their own comfort or peace of mind. For some, perhaps lifelong dedication comes easy, but for her, it is not. The (laughs) suffering has often been intense, particularly when the gift has come into open conflict with her own desires. (laughs) What the fuck does she desire? (laughs) She's never lived outside of comfort, you know? 
Like she yeah. never like she's talking about sacrifice. She's never sacrificed a fucking thing in her life. You know, maybe she sacrificed three husbands because she was a horrible person and impossible to live with. That I believe, <laughs> but that's about it. She has authored six, 46 books and 22 of them were New York Times bestsellers. Nuts. Insane. Nuts. Nuts. Fucking insane. This she, country is just filled with idiots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was on Montel. She got paid for every appearance. She was on every Wednesday for a long time. And I read, I couldn't, I found it and I read it and then I couldn't refine it, but she was part of one of the TV guilds. So a minimum that she get paid per TV appearance was like $900, but she definitely wow. got paid more than that every week. So like just on the Montel appearances alone, she's making $900 a week. Yeah, at least. But I know she was making more because she was a ratings draw and they probably paid her a lot more than that. Right. Um, she charged anywhere, and these are the figures are kind of wild on this, so I'm not sure what to believe. One figure was she charged $700 for a 30-minute over-the-phone reading. Another was she charged $865 for a 20-minute over-the-phone reading. Jesus. And she always claimed that she was booked up for the next four months, but that you should call anyway to see if there was a cancellation, which makes me think she wasn't booked up. That's a no. bullshit line that she always said. But anyway, that's a lot of money. She's creating false demands. That's oh, yeah. Yep. In 2010, however, her business manager told the press that Sylvia's operation brought in around $3 million a year. My God. And Sylvia herself claimed to employ 14 people with her company, which all off the back of like grieving mothers. Yep. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. She's she's making the money. Towards the end of her life, um, a lot of it started to dry up. She claimed that her revenue had dipped by half. Uh, most of this was probably due to some of the stories that we well, talked about in this episode. To be fair, that's still $1.5 million. Yep. No, she lost credibility, though. But she, yeah, by half is still, it's hard to really feel bad for someone who makes $1.5 million. Yeah. yeah based on for sure. lies and bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, dun, 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 friend of the podcast is after her ass and had been her entire life. Who am I talking about? Uh, Dalton, you got to get this right. Oh my God. Friend of the pot. Has he been on the show or has he been approached to be on the show? No, no, no. He's someone that we've talked about a bunch. Starting with Saint of the show. Yeah. uh, Fuck. Oh my God. What is his fucking name? We haven't mentioned him in a long time. Oh my Peter. No, no, no. No, He's Uh, in the Peter Popoff episode though. uh, Ron White. Dalton, James Randy, James Randy. See, I was close. He challenged her on Larry King live in 2001 to take him up on prove that you're an actual psychic. And I'm going to play that clip now mm, because delicious. it is spicy. Are you willing to take his test? Yeah, I, whatever test it is. But you, you'd be willing to do that, right? To oh, and yeah, that. yes, I would be willing right. to do that. Or asking for guesses to the I don't want to. I don't want to even know the gender. I just want to know the name. Okay, fine. That's that's fine. That's your. I'll choice. make it even easier for you. Okay. <laughs> would you be willing to do this? It doesn't doesn't bother me. That's why I came on your show because you know everybody that was sitting with me that day said no, they wouldn't pick up the challenge. And Randy's challenged me for years, but you know I have a day job. I do a lot of stuff. Sylvia has agreed to your conditions. Yes. You and Sylvia will set this up. We'll use a website. We'll use my website. Uh, Sylvia Brown will take Randy up on the challenge. We'll let you know about the date and time and everything, and I'll be kind of the interloper. She will take up Mr. Randy on his challenge, and uh, will be the uh, independent investigator involved in all this. 
let you know how it comes out. And we're going to see that the two get together and go through this uh, test. So that was the setup, right? How many but, times is Larry King going to say the same fucking thing well, like so five different ways? It's from the same episode. They just they cut through the parts right of him like okay. confirming just to kind of make the point that hey like she agreed to this james randy and sylvia brown were both on the the same episode she finally agreed to his face and you know they set the terms and larry king's like i'm going to be the judge of this well for six years she avoided james randy she <laughs> did not take the test uh and she was called out repeatedly on larry king's show such as in this clip. And this one's a little long, just bear with me though. Why is it you have such a, pardon the expression, hard on for me? I mean, what is it with you and I when we're both Jewish people? And well, you know, Sylvia, in- the, here's, here's what it is. You asked me, uh, you lied to me on May 16th of 2003 on Larry's show and when I was a caller. I kept, I asked you, why do you keep promising to be tested by the James Randi Educational Foundation because it's for no, it's, your alleged no, psychic. Not, Wait a minute, Sylvia, no, Sylvia, okay. stop. Sylvia, Sylvia, you interrupted me three times that night on the program, and I'd <laughs> like to finish, please. I asked you why you did, why you've been avoiding his test. You said Randy can't verify that he has the money. Randy and I both, you said if, if I send you or Randy sends you verification of the money that you would take the test. You said that on Larry's show yeah, on May did. 16th. Yes, I did. Uh-huh. I, yeah, you did, Sylvia. You, wait a minute, Sylvia. I'm not finished. So the next week, Randy and I both minute, I sent you. Break, what did you send we sent you? We sent you verification of the money, Sylvia, and you refused oh, the mail and returned it to sender. So I thought I'd show it to you tonight so that you can't avoid that's that nice. any longer. Oh, that's good. You see that, Sylvia? There's a break. million dollars. Okay. Why wouldn't you There's take a million dollars, Sylvia. Offer. A big reason I have it in for her, if you want to call it that, is the misinformation effect when she does health readings, which I consider to be potentially very dangerous. She told a caller on your program uh, who was looking for information on her dead husband uh, that, that she says, oh, I see a clot. Uh, the lady on the phone says, yes, he had a massive hemorrhage. It looked like a bullseye, Larry. Randy was on your program that night. You thought it was a bullseye. It wasn't a bullseye, though, because the medical establishment contacted Randy soon after and said, do you realize that a clot is the actual opposite of a hemorrhage? It's the opposite of a hemorrhage, Larry. She missed it big time, but your viewers don't know that. She also said that at one of your uh, callers, to one of your callers, that they were going to need surgery in her anal canal. I consider this very irresponsible and a lack of evidence. And she told another one of your callers that she, uh, she recommends a bilirubin test. A bilirubin test, Larry. You asked her, what's bilirubin? And she said it's a liver enzyme. Now, I've got to tell you something. I'm not a medical doctor, so you, you check this out on your own after the show. Bilirubin is not a liver enzyme. Oh, yes, it is it a is. degradation product of human oh, hemoglobin. Yes, it is. Yes, and it, it can is. be found yes, in the bile, Sylvia, but it is not. I know because I work with 300 Sylvia. doctors. You want their names and, and addresses yeah, and telephone you're numbers? you're not a doctor. No, I've never claimed to be. But I also. But she's also a medical intuitive. Which yes. Is, she reads people's energy of the body. That's right. If there's a blockage in the energy of a certain part of the body, she'll intuit that. She'll see that and she'll give that what she but sees. But a clock like to me Casey is something like that hurts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, my God. That poor guy is having to argue at three people. That's why it's insane to argue with three, these three quote, psychics. Yeah, on dude. But she's very medical intuitive. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. So that that little squeaky voice that came up at the end is James Van Prague. He's another psychic and he looks like Ugh. Mike Lindell's effeminate little brother. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly how I've described him in my the notes. The word medical intuitive made me want to jump out my fucking window. 
but also avoiding the challenge like yeah. six years she was like nope 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 and this guy called into the show he has published multiple articles about her avoiding james randy she just absolutely avoided him and said that she had nothing to prove and so she was going to continue it she's awful she's abrasive she's completely full of shit and one of her final predictions which i think is ironic is um that she predicted she would die at the age of 88 she died when she was 77 <laughs> and unfortunately it's, yeah, i was off by 11 years it's okay. it's okay 11 years it's a prime number it's a wiccan number and i don't believe in wicca because i believe in christ without or no wait christianity without christ that's what i, I believe am in. jesus i am i am the holy Ma- i am mary magdalene i am a whore for money <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um speaking of whores um unfortunately not even death would keep her out of people's lips because in 2020 kim kardashian <laughs> of all people would circulate a passage from one of Sylvia's last books, End of Days, which is we started this episode with that clip of her promoting that fucking book. Yes. It's called End of Days, Predictions and Prophecies about the End of the World. And the passage read, quote, in around 2020, in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling is then the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish at quick, as quickly as it arrived, attack again 10 years later, and then disappear completely. She predicted COVID. That's what, if you're in dumb, dumb Kardashian, that's what she would certainly think. <laughs> <laughs> she got one credit that vaguely sounds like COVID. Uh, she got credit for, yeah, one paragraph that sounds like COVID out of a 336 page book of absolute bullshit d plus d D plus right there minus what are you talking about hey man d is get degrees oh man yeah well she graduated with three million dollars a year so she's doing something right and we're all fucking dumb not we not people on this call or the dear listeners there's an old saying that is vaguely problematic that can apply to sylvia brown If if you can be you can get as much pussy as you want but if you suck one cock you're a cocksucker for life. And much like <laughs> Sylvia Brown, if you tell one fortune, you're a fortune teller for life. It doesn't matter how many you get wrong, you're still a fortune teller. Yeah, but I don't know if she ever had one life, one right. I don't think she did. <laughs> I don't think she did. She had a lot of wacky, con- like, I mean, we're going to, like I said, we're really going to go back and revisit some of her more like bold world provable predictions she, she did she though didn't... austin she she said where that girl was she said she was dead and she was underneath the house and she was yeah, so right, she did get one right i mean she's just so did dalton. Point, man so did dalton <laughs> well you know dalton's been really working on his psychic abilities lately like he predicts a lot of things that mm-hmm. you just don't know about mm-hmm. just just like i'm predicting that we're about to close this show ladies and gentlemen we wait have... wait wait i got one more i got Fuck. one more <laughs> So you're, you're you're actually about as good at guessing the ending as Sylvia Brown. So good luck oh, on that. Congratulations oh. on that. I want to leave you with one quote, and this is also from her book. She said, "If I weren't doing the right thing, it would all shut down." And you know what? It did. And she was 77 years old. And I hope that she's really enjoying her warm place in hell. Oh. Fuck you, Sylvia Brown. Way to bring it around town, Austin.
Anything else? I, I really can't stand this woman. That's all. That's all I got to say. I think she's horrible. I think we, you know, I think we, we had a little fun at her expense, which I think is what we should do. Um, if I did a little research and found out where she was buried, I would get a giant um, Gatorade canister and I would not sell. I would give away cups of Gatorade so people would go piss on her grave. See, all you gotta do is send that miracle spring water. You can send them Charlie. I will send them some. Yeah. Well, miracle piss water. Miracle piss water, and that's the name of the episode. (laughs) No, it's not. No, that's not the episode name. (laughs) Check out our friends at Pod Van Dam, my WTV guide, super fantastic X over and hit my music pod. You can check us out on Twitter at Catch My Griff Pod. You can find me at Griff Boy Dalton. You can find Austin at Austin a Go Go. And you can find Charlie Butters at Charlie underscore Butters. That's a sweet, sweet thing. If I had a fifth husband, oh my God. Charlie, watch out. I love that fucking hat and that foot long. Let me just tell you. If you want more content like this, you can go subscribe to patreon.com slash if you catch my grift, where we do a live desecrations of me sylvia brown as bonus content desecrations that's like digging up her body <laughs> i'm a fuck it no you're that not. didn't land you, that didn't no you land. saw that fucking niece that's not okay that's not okay she looks like harvey firestein in a wig um let's be real and i think that he should play her in a movie that i'm gonna write stay beautiful Oh, 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 oh,
breaky for me. I'm going okay. to go get a drink. Sounds good. Charlie, that segment was really to impress you. Harlan! Hello. 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 <laughs> Harlan, you want to do a Sylvia Brown impression? Yeah. Can you talk like this? Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Say I'm Sylvia Brown. I do your gown. I, I do your gown. <laughs> right, you want to tell him bye? Bye. Bye. <laughs> have you seen the amount of rice they eat it's incredible i've never seen anybody eat that much rice jesus dalton <laughs> you're as bad as she is uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's like yeah, a look- it's, you better watch out like she, she was still alive she'd be sizing you up for husband number five <laughs> listen like it's for me it's just playful racism for her it gets people killed so <laughs> you know so please uh, edit the playful racism part out oh my god that is awful <laughs> I am a casual racist, not a professional. <laughs> I make no money off of my racism. I do. Well, we know that, Sylvia. Sit the fuck down. Gary Dufresne spoke, spoke out about Let me do that again. As a director, Are you this, okay? I just burped. <laughs> that was I, a really chaotic burp. It was. A, I, was like, I, I'm, a, I'm a chaotic burper. It just took me off. It, it, it just came out of off. nowhere. <laughs> Go away, evil demon. <laughs> That's okay, the ghost of Sylvia Brown coming out through you. God, I hope not. Please don't. And, and I don't want you in me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I so do. It, <laughs> gross. Gross. <laughs> So I just really quick want to circle back to that, the mining disaster, just because I think there's some really interesting stuff that came out of it. And by interesting, I think like make you want to fuck, make me want to scream. I don't know if you (laughs) make you want to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Let us fuck. I love dead miners. There's nothing that makes you horny like a bunch of dead miners. (laughs) There is nothing that makes me homo erectus. When the homo erectus, like dead, darkened body of miners. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of miners? There are two different kinds. Oh, Jesus. Yes. No, you're right. Coal miners. Please, please, coal miners. I I like. <laughs> yeah, I made that mistake when I was trying to Google the 13 miners. I was like, 13 miners, Virginia. Oh that was bringing up some weird yeah, shit. Yeah, West Virginia, even. <laughs> Do I want to know what you guys are talking about? Miners like people that are under 18. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Oh. Yikes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't clicking for him. I'm like, why is Dalton not laughing right now? I was like, I was like, is he talking for him? I, I, I said, Alex, Austin has ruined my brain to the point I hear miners, I think crypto miners. Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep. That's me. one. That's another type, but that's not the problematic one we were just talking about. <laughs> Listen, when that comes to getting chubbed up, we all know that Austin really digs the miners. Okay, no, no, the, mi- the coal miners, that. the coal miners. What kind of miners do you think I'm talking about? You fucking pervert. Give me some God. black lung, baby. Damn. <laughs> all it, the miners in West Virginia. Hey, keep mm-hmm. it up. The miners gonna have white lung when Austin's doing them. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not how that works.
<laughs> oh my god georgia public schools at work right there man <laughs> yeah, here it was <laughs> dalton right out of cum one day so he drank milk thought that his body would just replace it he drank a lot of milk and it went into his lungs <laughs> oh no, let's do a psa for pilk you no, guys drink not. pilk no no we're not doing pilk. it no 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 